Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back, Preds Power Hour on a what? On a Tuesday? Is that when we're recording this, Brian Baston? Is this a Tuesday Preds Power Hour? It is. Thank you know. Just got to be thankful for infrastructure being the way it is. That yeah, we're recording this one on, on, just a little bit early or late, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're double dipping this week on uh, Friday, so we have like a preview going into uh, the Saturday game, but uh, yeah, no, uh, crazy, no Charlie Burris today, just Brian Baston and myself, Charlie will be back later on this week, but uh, Brian, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good, I'm doing better than that hockey team that we're about to talk about, that's for sure. Two, four, and one, uh, let me check here. People are going to love this, uh, especially Preds fans, as you're tuning in uh, to this uh, edition of the podcast. Guess what? Um, ready? Mm-hmm. Loss. Loss. Loss on shootout. Loss. Loss. That's uh, That's been the Preds mm-hmm. almost uh, for about 12 days now. Yeah, they have still yet to win a game. Uh, not in America. Yeah. yeah. That's not good. Um, that. Ooh, where do we start, Brian, with this Preds team? Yeah, um, that's a good question. There's a lot to there's a lot to unpack. So yeah, as as you said, you know, since since the uh, the San Jose game, in in what I think is probably karma for everybody, you know, uh, snatching that low hanging fruit after those two games and being like, oh look, the Predators, the best team in the NHL before you know anybody else had played. Um, yeah, they haven't won a single game. They lost in the shootout. Um, Scored you know, one goal three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a combination of a bunch of different things. And, you know, you look at teams coming into now the Flyers are a little bit surprising because everybody kind of penciled them in to be just an absolute dumpster fire. But as we found out that uh, they're not as big of a dumpster fire as the Predators are. And, you know, they came in and had a pretty easy time with Nashville. This wasn't they didn't even give them the chance to blow a lead. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. The team is is, you know, injuries aren't an issue uh you know update from from the last game there uh, mark borvieski's back home is fine he had a little bit of a scary issue there a moment there but everything looks good so i mean it's not an it's not an injury injury issue um you know you these guys are again like you look at the roster from last year to this year there's not a ton of change and you know the two big big uh you know lineup changes that we've seen have been, you know, positive ones. Ryan McDonough, we can talk about that in a little bit, but, you know, Nino Niederreiter, I think he, I'm pretty certain he still leads the team in points. Um, you know, I think he's got four goals and two assists. And so, you know, that that's not all, that's not, you know, that's not the issue either. It's not a, a matter of them having bad players or on paper getting worse players. Um, and it, it's hard to kind of pinpoint what exactly this issue might be. Um, you know, there are some of the the usual suspects when it comes to, you know, what could be um, what could be the problem with them. Uh, so, you know, you've got things like penalties. Obviously, penalties are a huge issue. Um, they are sitting at their 30th in the league in the amount of penalties that they've taken. I believe they've taken 38. However, you know, upside is that they have also drawn 35 penalties. Um, unfortunately, again, though, they've drawn all that. They've, they've gotten to a point where they're, you know, they're doing a great job. Um, but they're not scoring on the power play. Um, I believe their power play percentage right now is sitting at 6.9, which is not Seems nice. Bad. Yeah, it's not nice. Um, 
they it's it's not not what you want to see um and so you know it's it's funny though because we talked about last year how they kind of quietly snuck up and had their best season in franchise history um as far as being on the power play which still wasn't good enough to be you know best in the league but you know it was nice that they were able to to pull that off and think let me double check here i think last season they were sitting at 24.4 so I mean, that's good. That's what you want. If you're going to be a team that's going to take a lot of penalties and, you know, draw penalties, you want to be able to score on the power play. And that's just something that they have just been completely unable to do, um, which, you know, you never you never want that, obviously. And um, this, you know, that seems to be that's like a problem that, you know, we're, we haven't we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, that was a La Violette era, um, you know, issue. But, yeah, they've only got two power play goals on the year out of 29 opportunities. So do you see that changing? Um, yes, because the team is a little bit too talented, I think to, to continue to be this bad at it. I mean, I know that's kind of hedging, you know, hedging my bet a little bit, but I mean, 6.9% is abysmal. Yeah. And you know, that that's we're at the early part of the the year where you know they they get a game, a couple of games where they get one or two each. You know, that bumps that percentage way up, but uh it's it's not what you want to see, especially, you know, they they're, you know, a lot of this relies on them. If they're going to be an aggressive team that's going to take and draw penalties, you've got to be able to capitalize. You got to be a good penalty killing team, um which, you know, they've been fairly decent. I mean, not I mean, I wouldn't say good by any stretch of, the, of imagination. Uh, I think they're middle of the league. Uh, actually, no, top 10, 85, um, 85%. But I will say that they've also had um, they've also had a couple or uh, they've had a shorthanded goal against. So you don't ever want that. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a matter of, you know, is it discipline? Is it coaching? Is it what is this? You know, and, and people we've asked uh coach Hines several times i almost called him doctor that's weird uh dr Hines does sound right though yeah and and you know he was just like this is something we're focusing on a coach answer which you know for whatever reason is fine i guess but you know that's something that i think it's part of their like a, a core part of their mm. team i guess as far as what they do which might be an issue um but you know there's there's a lot of other things you know i wish i could sit there and say that it's penalties penalties are killing them but it's not necessarily just penalties i mean uc Soros isn't having the greatest of, of starts by any you know any means but it's also not quite as bad you know that he's getting exposed to quite a bit of of you know he's facing a lot of shots the defense hasn't really been super helpful and he's having to basically play for his life in a lot of these situations when you know if the predators get an early lead you know, the other teams are just ratcheting up the pressure and firing a lot. And he's having to sit there and take all of that. And the you know, defense isn't helping a lot. Um, you know, we've got, you know, they've, they've really, they're not able to hold on to, to, you know, leads. I think when leading after one, they're Oh, one and one. So they've only had two games where they have led after the first period and have not won any of them. Um, they're two, one and one leading after two, which those two games are, you know, or San Jose again haven't won any won any games at leading even after two outside of those, and then one and uh, one three and zero oh when leading after three. So I mean even then I think one of those games again was was San Jose. So they're they're not being they're not able to to get those leads to to, to hold on to those leads. Um, they're not scoring you know one they're not scoring enough period. But I mean, they're 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 slow starting, so they're tied for 30th in the league with in first period goals. They only have four, 
Um, and in, in the third period, they are they are at 30th with only three. So nine out of their uh, their 16 goals so far have been in the second period, which is hmm. good. But then they're just completely fading off and and not really you know getting that. And, and it, it's it's curious because you look and you say, OK, obviously there's there's things like regression, you know, Matt Duchesne, you know, Philip Forsberg, they're not going to shoot 23, 24 percent again like they did last season. But I mean, both of those players are shooting at like a respectable 11, 12 percent, which mm. is pretty good for the NHL. You know, that's something that that's that's a more that's a number that is much more sustainable than something, you know, 20 plus. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a matter, I think, of one you know, they're, they're a little bit sloppy. You know, you watch passes, a lot of issues with completing passes or holding on to the puck. There's a lot of uh, miscommunicated passing, you know, when, once they're in the offensive zone and teams have done a really good job of identifying how, what they can do to stop Nashville in transition. Cause again, we've talked about this. They're, they're a four checking team. They create those turnovers, but they're having so much trouble getting into the zone now and teams are knowing, you know, yeah, we can just post up three guys here. We can have send one guy in to, to hound the puck carrier. And, you know, there's a 50, 50 chance that they're going to disrupt what Nashville's doing and they're never, never even going to get started uh, in the offensive zone. So, you know, it's something that they've really got to, to, to fix, but I mean, it's, it's looking pretty rough because, you know, some of these teams, you know, none of these teams really were, they weren't playing Colorado. They weren't playing a Vegas or, or anything like that. They're playing teams that they should have either, not, you know, either beat or should have been competitive with. Um, and they were competitive and majority of them, they just couldn't, they just couldn't, you know, hold out. And so, you know, it's, it's the question is, is this a, is this a coaching thing? Is this a player's thing? Um, and we might not know that by now, but you know, with Charlie knows game, it. Shout out yeah, to Charlie. Charlie, Charlie does know this. Yes. Uh, Thursday's the game against St. Louis and they've got to get something together because on Saturday they've got, they've got the Washington Capitals in. And it's, if, if you're John Hines, you don't want to have a bad game playing the coach, you know, the previous coach, you don't want to have that bad game against Peter Laviolette. Cause this is his year with Washington that he should be turning into a pumpkin. Like he does with every team. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, it's you don't want that. Now, granted, I don't know that there's anybody in Nashville who's sitting there clamoring for for Peter Laviolette back. I, you know, we see every day everybody being like, now, you you know, you get, you know, you you bring Pekka Rene in as a general manager, or, you know, or <laughs> stuff like that. But I mean, you know, have trots come back, you know, things like that. But I don't know what that might what, what that would do at this point or if it's I mean, Heinz did just get a two year extension, which. You know, this is professional sport. That doesn't mean anything anymore. But, uh, you know, they're going to be a little bit hesitant to do this unless this, you know, the next week or two just goes bad. I mean, they've got the they've got the Canadian road trip coming up. And, you know, if they go on that five game road trip and, and don't come out at least with three wins, it's going to be it's going to be very interested, be interesting because this is a team that kind of positioned themselves a little bit of cap space that they'd be able to maybe make some moves at the deadline if if they feel like this is a team that could contend. Uh, but, you know, they don't want to have to become sellers because, you know, the team, the right way the roster is built up, they're not really built to be a seller because a lot of these guys they've locked up with big money are guys that they're wanting to have, you know, in their future. And some of the other guys they would want to get rid of, no one's going to take. But we're also, you know, we're early into the season. You know, this is something I will say I looked up yesterday, um, you know, the last time they started with a record like this with just two wins in this many games. Um ironically enough was the year that they went to the cup final so but hmm. they probably don't want you to heard it here first brian baston 
Preds 2023 yep. Yep. Cup. Yeah, see, here's what I do is when I uh, say that's absolutely yeah. not Plus. going to happen, that's when it's going to get me. Well, you know what helps too, Brian? I don't know if you've been perusing how the rest of the Western Conference has been going, but uh, it's a dumpster fire everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> mm, sorry, excuse me. But you look at this division, like what's nice is the Preds play in the worst division in hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. The Blackhawks uh, playing above expectations right now. Um, I don't think that continues. They have a fit plus 15 point differential. I don't. I don't think that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously the Avalanche are going to be there. But I mean, the Jets are a 500 team. You have the Wild, who are awful. The Coyotes are awful. Canucks may not ever win again in the Pacific <laughs> Division. The Ducks are awful. Um, the Sharks, we talked about uh, that. Those two wins make the Sharks look even worse at this point. Mm-hmm. They're awful. You go up and down the list. The whole Western Conference right now, I mean, it's outside of the premier, premier contenders. It's just a whole jumbled 500 teams have no idea who they are yet mess. So yeah. I don't think it's time to panic if you're a Preds fan. Yeah. And that's funny. I, I actually, again, if, if you are list, out there listening, you know, that's, that's what Chase just said is something now there should be some panic. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you know, this is, that's the wonderful thing. You know, for me, I was, you know, a lifetime like football fan and kind of got into that mindset of you lose a game, you have to deal with it all week. And then, you know, the college football, you lose a game. There goes your chances of, you know, your dreams of anything, you know, in the postseason, basically, you know, mm-hmm. here it's like you can drop five games and and still be all right. You know, you've yeah. got plenty more. I mean, there's what there's there's less than 10 percent of the season that's already been you know in the mm-hmm. books now. So there's plenty of time. But, you know, there's not a whole lot to sit there and point at and say, yes, they've lost. But look at this, like they're going to get better here. Like, yeah, the PK is is good that, you know, the PK numbers would be a top 10 PK, uh, penalty killing team, but they shouldn't have to be a top 10 penalty killing team. They should be able to control some of that and not be, you know, take 38 penalties and draw 35. Like, yeah, it's great that they've, you know, they've drawn that many, but they shouldn't have to take that many in order to get to that point. So it's early, but it, it's it's there's there's a lot of, of stuff to look at and try to fix, and and we'll, it's going to be interesting to see how they they plan on addressing it. We shall see, we shall see, Brian. Um, beyond the box score, though, late period goals. Um, what are they doing in the late periods to score? What are you seeing that uh, is a reason for optimism in that front? Um, well, unfortunately, I'm not going to say optimism. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so this is something that, and you've, if you've followed me on Twitter, you've probably seen these, um, but you know, somebody, somebody had, had made a point and I've actually been guilty of it as well that, you know, it's like, Oh, the predators, you know, here they go. They're like, they've got to be the worst team at letting, letting goals come in the last couple minutes of a period or last couple minutes of the game. So I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So I went and went, went and actually, you know, found that information and went to go look at it. And, you know, last season, that was not necessarily the case last season. I think they were right there in the middle. Let me see if I can pull that up for you. Um, they, they were, uh, yeah, like they were, they were 16th tied for 16th um, where they, they had allowed 23 goals in the final three minutes of, of regulation. And then if you look at the last three minutes of just every period in regulation, again, 17th with 49. So, I mean, that's, they were middle of the road last season. So I thought, okay, maybe they're not as bad as, as what we all thought, you know, we felt like that, that there was a lot, but there wasn't. But then I went and looked at this year and it's steadily gotten worse as the games have gone on. So again, as of this morning, looking at the last minute of any period, um, they've given up seven goals. Now this does include empty net goals, but I think that kind of illustrates the point as to, you know, 
yes, they're still giving those up because they're in a position to where they're in, they're behind, they don't have the lead, they're trying to score, and that, that empty net goal is meaning that they didn't do it. So um, in the final minutes of any of the periods, the last three minutes, they've got seven goals against, which is 31st. Only Ottawa has one more, um, has more goals, only one more goal uh, against in those final three minutes. And then when you look at the final minute of regulation, they're tied for last with Ottawa and Toronto with four. So in the last three minutes of games, uh, they've given up four goals and I believe only two of them have been empty netters. So it's, it's something that, you know, uh, Terry crisp, he, he's, he's harped on for years. He said, you know, it's, it's how you finish, how you start these periods, because, you know, if you start, if you're looking, you know, it's, it's 18 minutes into the period, you're tired. The teams are just trying to get off the ice and then you give up a goal you know, you go into the locker room feeling even worse. It's hard to kind of get that momentum, do anything like that. And, and that's, you know, it's been showing. They've been giving up these goals. They've, you know, that's probably why they've, you know, seven games they haven't had, you know, they've only had, I think, two, what is it? I say like two games where that they were leading after one. I think, yeah, was it two or one? Yeah, I think like it was, one. I believe so. So, I mean, like that's, one. that's the, that's the issue is that, you know, this is a team that, yeah, oh, one and one when leading yeah. after one. So even when they get a lead, you know, they're not, they're not, being they're not able to protect it because even if yeah. they start and get that first goal of the game like they did in a couple times in the last few games the other team's coming back and scoring on them again and so that's kind of erasing any any chance they had or any advantage and so you know it is a lot of of it's curious to see this because again this is it's you know small sample size for this team seven games you know most teams have nobody's played more than seven um actually i think they got back san jose's played eight but you know you don't want to see a team there on that you know it would be one thing if this was a team that was sitting at five and two, you know five and two right now, and they're giving up those late period goals. That's because you know the other teams are pressing and they're, you know, they change the score from five to two to five to three or something like that. That's that's one thing. But from the way they are, you know, especially knowing like we've seen them blow leads several times now. They 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 blew the dreaded three one lead, you know, a couple times already, and so. Yeah, this is something where they just they are I don't know if it's conditioning. It could mm. be that, you know, that they're just so tired out or that that they're focused on getting off the ice at that point and not closing out this game. Um, and so it's something definitely to, to really look at and, and probably be a little bit worried about, because, you know, if if you're this is a team that hasn't really performed well when they are trailing, mm. obviously, but when they're leading and they're blowing, you know, they're, they're giving up these leads and they're giving up goals and allowing the opponents to get back into the game. You know, what is the strong suit? You know, are they, do they need to do, you know, most teams are either, they need to get a big lead and defend it, or they can score a whole bunch to get themselves back in the game. And Nashville is neither one of those things right now. Uh, and so, you know, you want to see a lot more, you know, the top, the top six has been underwhelming. Uh, you know, Forsberg, Duchesne, they've got goals, Niederreiter and Johansson, they've been able to score, but, you know, not in the moments. These are, you know, these are two, those are two lines that should be able to take over a game at some point, especially when you've got that kind of quality in both lines. You, one of them should be able to, you know, if you've got a line with Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, and you're down two goals, that should be that line that you put out there and you wear them down. If you don't score, then the next line, Johansson, Niederreiter, Tolvin, and whoever it is going to be, they should be able to do it. You know, teams shouldn't be able to match up against both top lines but they are they're making it happen and, and it's not you know we're not getting a lot out of the offense now obviously defense is a massive issue um we're, there's still a lot of growing pains for that echo mcdonough you know duo uh, you know it's going to take time you've got echo on his opposite side he's always played on his left until this year um so, so time will tell if they stick with that but i mean he said himself when i asked him after a game you know it takes 20 30 games to kind of get a good feel for where you're at but 
you know, starting to look at how the games have been going. They may not have 20, 30 games to get that figured out. They may have to figure something else out and, and get, you know, Matias Ekholm, you know, back with maybe Dante Fabro or something just to, or uh, Alex Carrier, just to, to kind of get an idea of, you know, get them back to where they're supposed to play and, and get some better defense. Cause it's not, you know, what is the hallmark of, of this team is, you know, defense and goaltending and all that. And it's just I know what it is, Brian. What's that? The mustard cat. The mustard cat is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the mustard cats. So I'm pro mustard cat, and I'm, I'm pro sure. these uniforms. They're good uniforms. There was a there was a tweet uh, in uh, pushing for the na- the purple navy blue ones to come back too. Bad take. Bad take. Those wow. those don't look good. Those... I will say that you may be one of the very first people I've 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 heard that you know yes people are are split on what the mustard cat mustard cats themselves, but. I've not, most people are like, but we'd rather have it on the Navy, you know, no, can't do it out of here. Get that guy out of here. No, can't do it. No, mustard cat is the way to go. The mustard cat logo is great. Everything about it's great. Yeah. I'm going to full disclosure. I I hate the mustard cat. Oh no, Brian. But I will say this. How can you be so wrong on a Tuesday afternoon? I'm wrong every day of the week. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But yes, I mean, I I will say, I will say doubt. Tennessee volunteer style week over week. Brian in my DMs, like, are you sure? What am I doing? Stick with me, Brian. Stick mm. with me. I don't know about with these uniforms. I mean, so the, the thing is, is they're, they're good. And I think part of the reason why they don't resonate with me is because, again, I wasn't around for the mustard cat days. So mm-hmm. it's great. I mean, people, I think, maybe look at them the same way I look at a starter jacket now. You know, you're like, mm. those things were great. Those were awesome. Were they the best? And would I want to buy one right now? I don't know, but like, I'm glad the color's not there because God, that color is God awful. But, you know, it's just, they could have done more, I think, you know, and I think maybe I'm spoiled because they had, you know, the perfect hockey sweater, like designed for them a couple years back for the winter classic. I mean, there is nothing about that, that, that Jersey that is wrong for me. I think it's the best Jersey that this team has ever had. And it's one of the best Jersey that any team has ever had in the NHL, just because it's, it just looked so good. It was, you know, it's not a bunch of, they don't have to have yellow for everything. They don't have to have gold for everything. Um, you know, and it's fine. You know, I, they're much better than the stadium series ones. Those ones that have say Smashville on the front, they can't stand those. Um, you know, the reverse retros from last year were fine. I just, you know, when you look at, when you look at pictures, you know, and you can see like any sport like Tennessee, you know, you look at the old Tennessee jerseys in the nineties with Al Wilson and those guys, you know, a lot of them had that cut off and it was the huge, massive numbers and the huge neck rolls, which was cool. You know, it's a bygone era. It's really cool. Look, it'd be cool if they did it once or twice, but with, with these, it's like, you know, you can still do something that's like supposed to be retro for a 20 something year old team and, and improve on it. You know, they just kind of, slap the new the mustard cat logo on there and kind of kept everything else and you know and when it looks really 90s like that font that they used to have again it's not that good like it's it was good back then but it's, again it's this is me. A retro jersey I, well uh, my po- point being is i know i'm in the minority with my opinion and so i haven't been arguing it too much because i know i'm just gonna get shouted down which you why know, are you yelling fair. at me i'm right you're like the you're the no, I'm not even going to go that way because, yeah. I, again, yeah. I recognize it's probably just I don't have the history on it, but I just can't stand them. Um, you know, maybe mm. it'll grow on me. They're better than the stadium series. They're better than the last reverse retros. Maybe they'll be great. Uh, it'd be they'd be even better if I can read the numbers well from the press box. That would be even better and I could change my mind. 
but uh can they yeah bring in a mustard cap by the way can we get a mustard cap for retro night uh maybe yeah maybe we could you have but, cats i don't know is it okay to put mustard on a cat a little bit of mustard and then uh, i've got one after? that's in this house right now that i'm I, i'm completely willing to put whatever on it because uh, <laughs> he's been a complete pest so uh i'm kidding by the way uh <laughs> But no, I mean, and, and so, yeah, like, they're fine, though. I mean, like, they've been, the fan base, like, loves them. Mm. Um, outside the fan base, not so much, but that's fine. You know, it's not for the other fans. Uh, you know, I will say that it's least it's not Chicago and Detroit's, where mm. it was just kind of lines and the yeah. name and red. Um, but, I mean, some of, the, some of the teams had some really, really great ones. And, you know, you look at, like, you know, the Islanders, I love, I love Those theirs. Those are good. Um, Vegas. I like the Sabres. Is that weird? Oh, the Sabres ones are great. They're fantastic. Okay. Um, I think they're better than their current ones. Their current yeah. ones are just boring. There's not a lot there. The no, I like it when they wear those where it's like all the, white. Oh, dude, you can't even tell Perfect. Um, you know, you got Vegas. Yeah. They're, Vegas's uniforms, they glow in the dark for some reason. Um, but that's Vegas. They're well, tacky. Vegas. They took tacky it. from Nashville and, and improved mm. upon it. So, I mean, there's some good ones out there. Uh, I, it's just not for me. Um, but it did appease the fan base. And I think that's good. You know, if a team does something that the fans want, then good. You can't, you can't do it just, you know, just because I'm being cranky about it. Uh, you know, it's, it's not reason, but speaking of these jerseys though, I did have another, I'm going to make, I'm going to start asking you guys questions every week. And since Charlie's not here, this is all on mm. you, buddy. But speaking uh -oh. of these jerseys and we talked about it, is this the trivia question? It is. Okay. So we talked about, I talked about the winter classic jerseys, reverse retro, um, which the Winter Classic jerseys actually could be a fine candidate in the future for reverse retro because the Winter Classic jerseys were based off of a team, hockey team that was based here in Nashville. Chase, what was the name of that team that they got their the uniform design from for the Winter Classic last year or two years ago? Sounds? Mm -mm, the hockey team. It's, oh, it's fire going off. Reds. Okay. It, you didn't spell Okay. Dude, I have no idea. That's all right. I didn't you. So that was, um, see, see that when I was telling you about the cat. Yeah. You, that may actually happen here soon. Um, yeah, no. So that team, um, they did the YouTube.com slash Chase Thomas podcast for that sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is the Dixie Flyers. That was the team here in Nashville. Dixie Flyers. Yeah. I mean, the a lot YouTube... of Dixie this week. Folks getting mad about Tennessee playing, uh, Dixie, all that. Yeah, a lot of Dixie anger. Yeah, well, you got to win then if you don't want us to play it. Dixie um, Flyers. The Nashville yeah. Dixie Flyers. Mm -hmm. It's old, 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 old. old Those team. look good, though. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it, it was, it was you know, they were, what, down in uh, 62 to 71 in the yeah. EHL. I mean, not a great team <laughs> by any stretch of the, they, they won two, uh, you know, they won two of their championships in 65 and 66. Yeah. They're not around for a whole long, long time, but the uniforms were great, and Nashville did in it excellent job in picking that design because you know it's sometimes yeah, good yeah and so that's you know again a little bit of history this is one of those things where i'm not going to ask you like which player from 20 years ago did this or that but you know these are questions that you guys can could have a decent chance i, I wonder if charlie would have known i'll have to ask him i'll have to ask yeah. him maybe next, on friday we'll ask him give him there give you him a bonus so but yeah it's it's it, it was cool i mean it's, it's just a cool piece of history the reverse retro i'm glad they're doing it but I do want everybody to remember that, you know, while we're all ooing and aahing and fawning over these things, this is just the way the NHL is just, just emptying your wallet because these things are not cheap at all. Like, you know, $250 for a jersey is, they're fantastic when you buy them. Quality is amazing, but 
that's a lot. That's not something you can sit there and just be like, you go to a game and then you're like, hey, mom or dad, you know, can you buy me a jersey? Mm-hmm. You get it like under 100, maybe, but 250, no. So, well, we'll see. We shall see. Um, the last thing, Dave Poyle, who has been uh, the GM since the Bush administration here in Nashville, um, 3,000th game as NHL GM against the Flyers on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so, Poyle, yeah, it's 3,000. I'm, I'm sure that he would have liked that game to go a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is the winningest uh, GM in NHL history. His teams have accrued more points than anybody else. Um, but, you know, again, there's one thing missing. You know, it's like we yeah. talk about Dan Marino, things like that. Just no ring. You know, all that time with, with Washington and Nashville. And funnily enough, if you look at it, his point percentage – uh, for both those teams, it's almost exactly the same. I believe it's hmm. like 58, 55.8 and 55.9. Um, had Nashville won, I think, four or three out of these those games that they lost, three out of those five that they lost, he actually, his his point percentage would be higher with Nashville than it was with Washington. Uh, that's how close it is. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, this Predators team isn't where it is without David Poyle. We can all acknowledge that, you know, um, you know, he he did a lot of great things, you know, again, like I, I still think that that Subban trade was what not only kind of kicked this team into being a team that was good enough to make it the Stanley Cup finals. But you, when you want to get a team, you want to try to sell a team to the rest of the NHL, the other fan bases. And yeah, Nashville has the reputation of having it being a great place to come see a game. But when you can get a guy like P.K. Subban in there where you're replacing, you know, a, a guy that everybody loves in Shea Weber but he's kind of the face of this team. You know, he's the guy who's going to get out there and talk because, you know, famously hockey players aren't the most personable, you know, like lively guys out there, which is fine. But when you get a guy like PK Subban, who is, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. He's, he's outspoken, uh, you know, off the ice. He's a great person as far as, you know, donating all that money to the Montreal children's hospital, things like that. You know, that that's one of those things. And so, you know, Poyle made that happen, you know, in that deal. And, you know, he's also got Philip Forsberg from the capitals, you know, things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that he hasn't done right. We're just going to pay, be paying Kyle Turris $2 million a year for like the next six years, uh, you know, things like that. But it comes down to the fact that, you know, they still that he, he still hasn't won a cup. You know, it's been his name has been kind of on the hot seat for as long as I've been covering them. Um, and you haven't seen much changes. You know, they're like, are they going to how are they going to address? Are they going to go all in at the deadline? Are they going to sell? You know, and that's the one thing that he hasn't done yet is gone all in on, all right, this team's going to rebuild because again, like we've said before, you know, he's probably knows that he's got, doesn't have too much yeah, more. It's not happening. He, the rebuild's not happening. Yeah. And so for better or for worse, mm. um, and again, looking at the team this year, you wouldn't have thought that a, 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 you know, a rebuild was necessary in the off season, but uh, jury's still out on that. So it, it, it's interesting. You know, you've got this guy, he's the only guy who's been there here in Nashville for so long. You know, winning this GM, that's that does mean something, um, whether that means that he's just been there the longest or not. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, you can't you can't put past there. I mean, I think that he's in the, the Hall of Fame first ballot immediately. He's got a GM of the year award. But, you know, it's it's you got to you know, is this this is the last you know, he hit, hit this milestone and there's really you know, he's not making another thousand games. So, you know what what you know, you've only got one milestone left. You know, and that's the one that matters. So, yeah, it, it, you know, will it happen before he he steps down? I don't know. The way the team looks right now, I wouldn't think so, uh, unless some things turn around and change. But even if this team was performing at a you know at a higher level 
kind of like they were midseason last year. I still don't see them being a team that's going to sit there and run, you know, make a run in the playoffs all the way to the finals. So, you know, he's got to be looking and thinking, you know, his time to sit there and go, no, no, like I, I can stay and do this for another couple of years. Let's let's get this team better and it not happen. You know, that leash only goes so far, especially with, you know, the big changes in the ownership group that are coming with 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 uh, Haslam. So we'll have to see. But it's you know, I'm glad they got to celebrate that. Good for him. Um, kind of feels indicative of how his career has been the last few years to come in there and get beat by what was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Brian Baston, what can the good folks check out from you over on, on the four check, uh, this week? Yeah. So again, could be, I'll be at the, uh, the game on Thursday against St. Louis It's a central division rival. It's going to be huge. I'll probably have some stuff written up about that. Um, we've got, you know, Renegades of Puck again, after every game where we're doing, uh, we'll make those recordings. They'll be available at seven o'clock in the morning, uh, both in video form and podcast. So, you know, look out for those. Um, and yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's an interesting time right now over at on the four check. We're going to be getting a lot, uh, some new people in, we got a lot of new blood. So that'll be really fun to see. Um, some people I'm really, really excited about to have on the team actually. And, uh, yeah, and it's good. And I want to do. I do want to congratulate. Uh, you know, Charlie's not here, but congratulate Charlie and uh, you know Sean now over there at A to Z Sports. They won a pretty big uh, award for uh, yeah. the media outlet there yesterday for A to Z Sports. So congratulations to them. They deserve it. They do a lot of great stuff. Um, so yeah, that's you know just covering hockey. <laughs> Man, there you go. Well, hopefully we have a win to talk about on Friday's show. Um, fingers crossed on that one, right. but. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, Brian Bastin, always a pleasure. And I will talk to you in a couple days. Yeah, see you on Friday. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.